Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production from iHeartRadio. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeartRadio. And how the tech are you? It's time for the tech news for Thursday, October 13th, 2022. And... On Tuesday's news episode, I talked about how Meta was holding its Connect conference that day and that we were likely to hear about the Metaverse and also see the unveiling of a high-end VR headset, which was previously known as Project Cambria. And sure enough, Zuckerberg and company presented the Meta Quest Pro. Now, the company's base VR headsets are called the Meta Quest 2, and there are two different models. Uh, the base model comes in at $399, and then a model that has more memory and storage comes in at $499. The Pro leaves both of them in the dust, and will have a price tag of $1,499. I had said on Tuesday's episode that we were likely to see a much more expensive product, and that is the case. Now, 
the Pro will be available later this month. And the Quest Pro seems a bit like Meta is trying to probe the business world to see what works and what doesn't. Uh, much of the wording around the Quest Pro, as well as the price, suggests that Meta is really hoping that businesses will jump on board and start purchasing headsets for employees so that they can attend virtual conference meetings and that kind of thing. Uh, there's also an augmented reality element to the headset. The Quest Pro has a couple of outward-facing cameras. It also has inward-facing cameras, but more on that in a moment. And the outward-facing cameras can feed video to the headset. So you can get live video of what's in front of you. So you get this kind of pass-through view of the real world. And of course, the Quest Pro can incorporate digital images into that view of the real world. So it's not exactly as seamless as a pair of AR glasses that have transparent lenses and can display stuff on the lenses. But, you know, it's something. So you could have a setup where you throw, say, a virtual graphic up on a real wall. So in your view through the screen, it looks like you've thrown a picture up on the wall. And even when you look away and then look back, the graphic will stay where you put it in relation to your actual physical surroundings. Now, we've seen that kind of stuff before with products like the Microsoft HoloLens. Uh, as for those inward-facing cameras, those are to track eye and facial movements. And Meta was touting how this could let the system capture facial expressions, which could then transfer to the user's virtual avatar. So that way, you know, when that creepy guy in your office winks in real life, his avatar will wink at you in VR. Yay? Okay, I'm being a little dismissive. But actually, from what I've read, the facial expression stuff was kind of neat, though obviously restricted to the upper facial area. There's not a camera pointed at your mouth. So if you stick your tongue out at somebody, it's not going to register. Uh, I should also mention eye tracking cameras will likely be used by Meta for analytics, including providing information to advertising partners so that they know which ads are most effective and that kind of thing. So if you were thinking, huh, I don't really like the sound of Meta knowing where my eyes are looking all the time. Well, that would mean you're on the same page that I'm on. The Quest Pro controls are also an update to the ones that you get with the current basic Quest 2 models. Uh, the Quest Pro control ditches the LEDs that are on top of the Quest 2 controls. Uh, instead of LEDs, you've got some cameras. Those cameras are meant to help maintain orientation data more effectively. So that way, as you move the control around, those cameras can help track motion and translate that into the virtual world more accurately. And, you know, that makes sense to me. Anyway, there's some other elements too. The Quest Pro is a little bit heavier than the Quest 2. It has an adjustable plastic band to cling to your noggin. I think there's like a little wheel that you, you twist to tighten or loosen the band. Uh, the battery life is reportedly a little puny. It has maybe one or two hours of use before you have to recharge. So that, in my mind, makes it a questionable piece of equipment for business use. I mean, after one meeting, you would need to recharge the headset and it takes like two hours to recharge it. So not really efficient if you've got a lot of meetings in your day, unless you've got, I don't know, five of the darn things next to you. Zuckerberg himself has said the VR headsets won't really reach maturity until we're up to version four or five. And that kind of tracks for me. So Meta is likely testing out lots of different features 
to see which ones are going to be popular and which ones largely go unused. And that will direct meta toward future development, right? You can ditch the seldomly used features. If no one's using them, there's no reason to include them. That in turn can help reduce the cost of production of the hardware. And then you can also refine the stuff that people are actually using, make sure that it's the best it can be. This also tells me that if you are interested in VR, I would recommend skipping the Quest Pro unless for some reason it seems to solve a problem you have that the Quest 2 doesn't. Or heck, I recommend getting out of the meta ecosystem entirely and look for a different VR headset. There are a lot on the market and many of them already have features similar to what meta is putting into the Quest Pro. So, you know, do your research, shop around. It is obvious that the the Quest line is the uh, the the dominant one in the VR field right now. So, you know, you might feel like you need to stick to it, but don't go overboard and buy the newest thing just because it's the newest thing. If it turns out that it doesn't have features that really matter to you, then all you're doing is just throwing money away. So, you know, just throwing that out there. Meta had a few other announcements on top of the Quest Pro at Connect. For example, the company talked about seeking partnerships with other companies, as well as securing licensing deals with media conglomerates in an effort to build out the metaverse, which obviously is still going to be a long-term kind of project. Meta and Microsoft announced a cooperative effort that brings Microsoft products such as Microsoft 365, formerly known as Microsoft Office, into the VR landscape. Uh, I'm not really sold on bringing productivity software into VR, personally. I just have a hard time imagining VR adding value, you know, like improving productivity or effectiveness for those kinds of office applications. I can see it for presentations, maybe, but for just general productivity, it just, it doesn't click with me. Uh, Also, I have never, ever thought, you know what would make my job better? If I had to wear a VR headset in order to do it because that just sounds awkward and uncomfortable to me. Anyway, Meta also announced that avatars in its Horizon platforms are no longer going to be floating torsos. Nope, Lieutenant Dan will have magic legs, y'all. Or rather, the avatars will have legs. Now, I don't really care about virtual legs one way or the other, unless I can set my avatar to silly walk mode a la Monty Python. If I can do that so that whenever I move around the virtual space, my legs are going all higgledy piggledy, then I'm on board. One thing that Meta expressly did not talk about at the Connect conference is an ongoing OnlyFans bribery scandal with some Meta executives. All right, let me break this down. Uh, in case you don't know what it is, OnlyFans is a site that lets content creators offer subscriptions to fans. So they can subscribe to content. Uh, They can also have additional paid content on top of that subscription. Subscriptions can be free. But anyway, it's all meant to allow creators to access fan bases. However, it's primarily known for sex workers and pornography, right? Like technically it's open to any kind of creator, but that's the kind that have defined the platform if we really want to be honest about it. And there are a lot of others who do make use of the site as well. So I don't mean to discount that, but just like OnlyFans is often equated to pornography. Anyway, recently lawsuits have alleged that OnlyFans was 
bribing certain Facebook executives so that these executives would blacklist other pornography sites and give OnlyFans an edge, essentially saying, don't promote anything that's not OnlyFans. So if you can push aside the competition, you've got some smooth sailing to Profit City, my friend. Anyway, the latest news in this ongoing, admittedly salacious story is that someone did a whoopsie-daisy and they failed to redact the names of two Facebook executives and a third Facebook employee who had all previously been referred to as John Doe in the lawsuit. Uh, The two executives are Nick Clegg, who is VP of Global Policy at Meta, and Nicola Mendelson, VP of the Global Business Team. The third person, Christian Perella, was also named, and Gizmodo has suggested this might refer to a trust and safety director at Facebook. A group of folks in the adult entertainment industry were responsible for bringing the lawsuit against Meta in the first place. They say that the company was essentially shadow banning anyone who was promoting links out to any adult entertainment sites that were not OnlyFans. And apparently, as part of the evidence, the prosecution has submitted records of wire transfers that, allegedly anyway, show money coming from OnlyFans and going into some accounts in the Philippines connected to Meta executives and the son of one Meta executive. Meta, the company, has filed to dismiss charges against the company itself. Essentially what Meta reps, who are not connected directly to this scandal, are saying is that the company has not engaged in any sort of wrongdoing. And any wrongdoing that may or may not have happened did so without the company's direction or knowledge, so please just leave us out of it. TikTok, which has often been cited as an existential threat to Meta's future, now is setting its sights on Amazon. Axios reports that TikTok is looking to staff some fulfillment by TikTok shops, and that the company plans to build, quote, international warehousing, customs clearings, and supply chain systems that support domestic e-commerce efforts in the U.S., end quote. Now, To be clear, TikTok already has shops in some other countries. So this really is just new to the United States. It's not brand new. Uh, There's actually a TikTok shop in the UK, though according to Financial Times, that business has had a bit of a rough start. It's been slow going from what Financial Times reports. And from what I gather, one of the strategies, perhaps the main strategy, seems to be relying on influencers to mention products that are covered by the TikTok shop and then drop links so that viewers can go and purchase those products themselves. And so when you're watching a video, a TikTok of your favorite uh, uh, creator, maybe it's a live stream, they show off some you know, sweet kicks they're wearing and they drop a link to it, then you can go and purchase them yourself. Uh, This has kind of been a holy grail idea for a really long time. I remember reading about plans to incorporate something similar in television programs years ago, where you would watch a show and you think, oh, wow, I really love that jacket. And you would actually be able to follow a link that links you to that jacket's product page somewhere and you could purchase it. Except I don't think anyone ever found a way to make it really practical and effective. Uh, This, by the way, could potentially call into question the value of influencers and just how influential they can be. If influencers can't convince folks to jump on a bandwagon and buy the latest sneakers or whatever, that could call into question their value to businesses. 
if the only brand influencers are really good at promoting is their own personal brand, yeesh. This is why I'm glad I'm not an influencer. I have no illusions about the extent of my influence, y'all. Also, I just want to say TikTok, maybe they did figure out the secret sauce to make this all, all work. So it's entirely possible I'll have to eat my words in the future as some kid a fifth my age makes serious bank as they convince viewers to go out and buy, I don't know, are fidget spinners still a thing? Hang on. I need to go outside and yell at a passing cloud. While I do that, Let's take a quick break. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Okay, that'll show that cloud. Now we're back. Reuters reports that the U.S. Federal Communications Commission, also known as the FCC, is planning a ban on all Huawei and ZTE telecommunications equipment. Uh, So, in other words, companies will not be allowed to buy any equipment. Companies in the United States will not be allowed to buy any equipment from Huawei or ZTE telecommunications. And this is out of concern for national security. This surprised me because I thought that had already happened, which just goes to show I haven't been paying enough attention. Essentially, this boils down to the fact that these telecommunications companies are based out of China, and the Chinese government is known to take a very keen interest in businesses operating in the country. Uh, The government is essentially the Chinese Communist Party, and there's this concern that telecommunications equipment that originate from China might have things in it that would allow the Chinese to more easily spy on communications within the United States. Uh, This planned ban fits in with this larger strategy to ban exports of high-end technology like advanced semiconductors to China and semiconductor production equipment. So that ban was already in place here in the United States. uh, And now we're looking at imports, not just exports. Uh, However, one company is getting a one-year exemption to that export ban, and that would be Samsung. The U.S. government has granted Samsung a year's relief from this ban, which will allow Samsung to send advanced chip-making equipment to its manufacturing facilities that are based in China. That's according to the Wall Street Journal. So I guess it's all in who you know. You know? Starting in early 2026, Sony and Honda will be selling the electric vehicles that the two companies have been collaborating on, This will bring the new vehicles to the U.S. market before anywhere else, which surprised me. I thought for sure they would go on sale in Japan first. But no, it seems as though the U.S. market is shifting toward favoring EVs faster than some other markets. And Honda is obviously driving, pun intended, the development of the vehicle stuff, while Sony is focusing on things like sensors, software, and entertainment. The two companies formed a venture called Sony Honda Mobility, and the company plans to accept pre-orders beginning in 2025. I'm really curious to see these cars once they roll off the assembly line. I think seeing competition in the EV field is great. Competition tends to drive innovation and hopefully lead to a whole range of electric vehicles at different price points because that's going to be absolutely key if we actually want to migrate toward electric vehicles. Uh, If we don't fix the issue with them being really expensive, that disenfranchises anyone below a certain income level, and that really is unacceptable. Okay, earlier on in this episode, I talked about Microsoft partnering with Meta to bring Microsoft products to the metaverse, or at least to virtual spaces, but that's not all the Microsoft-related news I have for y'all. Another is that the company is arguing in the UK that Sony influenced that country's competition regulator regarding Microsoft's planned acquisition of Activision Blizzard. The UK regulator said that the acquisition could hurt competition in the video games industry and thus merited a more thorough investigation, which could slow things down for Microsoft and potentially even derail the deal. Microsoft reps say that Sony essentially pulled a worm tongue. They whispered misleading things into the ear of Theoden. 
I'm sorry. I mean, I meant the UK Competition and Markets Authority or CMA. It sounds like the Microsoft team feels Sony is trying to scuttle the acquisition, even though Microsoft has said very nicely that Sony can still totally compete in the market, even if the acquisition takes place. And we should just be satisfied with that claim, or at the very least that the CMA accepted Sony's complaints without spending the time needed to evaluate whether those complaints had merit. My favorite bit of Microsoft's complaint is that, quote, the referral decision incorrectly relies on self-serving statements by Sony, which significantly exaggerate the importance of Call of Duty, end quote. That's a sick burn to Call of Duty. Uh, I am not going to leap to the defense of either Microsoft or Sony here, because I think defending multi-billion dollar conglomerates to be completely unnecessary. Uh, I do think that consolidation of the video games industry into, you know, fewer and fewer massive entities, along with a few dozen smaller players, is in general not great. It all comes back to that competition thing. I hate seeing reductions in competition. So I have some issues on that realm. I don't know that it gets to the point of being anti-competitive in that sense, though. Finally, numerous sites are now reporting that soldiers have given Microsoft's augmented reality HoloLens headsets a big old negative review after testing them in various scenarios. Soldiers have said the headsets impair performance in many ways, arguing that they don't work well enough and can cause issues like nausea and headaches, which obviously you don't want ever, let alone when you're in the field. Soldiers are saying that the tech is not helping them complete missions and so is ultimately a net detriment. Some went so far as to claim that the HoloLens would lead to soldiers getting killed, pointing out that the headsets emit light, which could give up a soldier's position to the enemy. Not great. Now, there were some positive things in there, but overall, it seems like Microsoft's got some work to do. That's it for this episode. If you have suggestions that you would like me to cover, reach out to me. Easiest way is on Twitter with the handle TechStuffHSW, and I'll talk to you again really soon. Tech Stuff is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy. Yeah. Right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. 
I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, sleep tight stories.